Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft. We're going to get straight into it today because a lot seems to have happened over the last couple of the couple of weeks. Uh, firstly, we need to congratulate Wickham on going up um, from League One via the playoffs into the Championship. And obviously, everyone's aware that Leeds United have now been promoted to the Premier League. So huge congratulations to them, including Bielsa and, and the remaining management staff and squad there. But we're going to get straight into it, like always, and discuss and talk through the big wins and surprises from the meet, um, from the club's most recent fixtures, Jake. So if you'd like to do so, that'd be perfect. Yeah, um, I think for me, the biggest surprise, probably, probably between two, uh, either the QPR game uh, on Saturday when they beat Mill 4-3, that was lots of goals in that one, and with Mill needing a win, sort of, keep the slim hope to playoffs alive. I was slightly surprised to see them go there and, and lose to QPR, especially to concede four goals. They've been quite tight since the restart and um, been um, pretty good. They've kept clean sheets in their previous two games. Um, so, yeah, they got slightly surprised to see them go and concede four. I think QPR have got the type of players that can cause anybody damage, but I haven't really seen a lot of them since since we restarted. Um, and I thought that, that would be quite a, quite an easy one for... Um, Millwall to go and pick up a point, so that one did surprise me. Um, the other one was yesterday. Um, not too surprised. I think we've spoken quite well of, um, of Barnsley on this podcast, but um, mm. especially since Struber came in, I think if, if we looked at the league table since he came in, I'm sure they probably wouldn't be in that those bottom three positions. But um, yeah, they played well. They were good value for their winning against Nottingham Forest. I think um, 20 shots to, to Nottingham Forest, eight shots, um, dominated possession. They played some really good football and got that late winner, it did look like it was going to be another day of frustration for uh, Barnsley. I think that what we've come to learn is they don't really have enough goals in their team um, to, to keep them up. They, they've, they've averaged just just over a goal every every game uh, this season. Um, I think there's only one team that's scored fewer than them. So, yeah, it, it was surprising. Um, what, yeah, it wasn't surprising to see that they were struggling to convert their... their Good play into goals, but they got that goal and kept themselves in it. Uh, and obviously, we've got no teams formally relegated before the end of the season, which is a surprise. Although Crazy. <laughs> if you look at the, the the table, Hull and their goal difference pretty much does show that they are going down. But um, yeah, it, it, good win for Barnsley. Uh, kept it alive. And sometimes that momentum can be key. And obviously, with the with the unknowns about points deductions to Wigan uh, and Sheffield Wednesday as well, um, and, and even Birmingham. Um, you know, keep keeping getting that win, even if they do finish um, on Wednesday night in the relegation zone. If they at least get the points on the board and give themselves a chance of being kept up 
after the, the, the um, football is finished, which is it's a surprise. It's a, it's a weird situation to be in, but they just need to mm. get as many points on the board as possible, and and, and they could even do it um, on Wednesday. So yeah, it's a really good result for Barnsley. Those are the two surprising ones for me. Yeah, there were some big wins certainly. I know you've covered a couple there, Barnsley and you know the teams down there. I still can't believe actually it's going to come to the last game of the season and. There's only Leeds confirmed as, you know, a, a team that's promoted. You know, the, the playoffs, there's a couple of teams still in the running. And, you know, as we know, Brentford and West Brom have got to play it out. Who's going to go up automatic there? And then the relegation fight. So that takes me to my big wins, which Huddersfield's 2-1 win against West Brom. I mean, I really didn't see that coming. You, you could have argued, you know, Huddersfield could have picked up a point there. But to actually win and then confirm themselves as, you know, not one of the relegated sides and upset West Brom, who really needed that win. If they'd have won on Friday night, then they'd have been, you know, confirmed as as automatic promotion with, with Leeds United. And then and that takes me to, the, obviously, the, the, the next upset, which was uh, the following day, which is Stokes' victory against Brentford in similar circumstances. They, they're confirmed that they're not going down now Stoke with that win, but Brentford not even managing to score a goal either with that, you know, fantastic run that they've been on since the restart. And that's that's the first game that they've lost. So they will certainly be kicking themselves. Um, other games which came as, a, you know, a big win was uh, Cardiff's 3-1 win at Borough. Maybe not a surprise, but that firmly keeps them in six spots, uh, three points ahead of Swansea, even though the goal difference is similar. That takes it to the final day. Um, Swansea also got the victory against Bristol City, 1-0 there. And then the other one, the 5-3 win for Fulham against my club, Sheffield Wednesday. Fulham just needed to win. They, they did, you know, the first half, they ran riot. You know, they, they were all over Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know how Wednesday managed to claw three, three back, even given the first half performance. But yeah, Fulham got the job done in the end. Obviously, eight goals in that one. But again, I can't believe that Fulham, with, with a game to go, could still, I don't think they will do, but still go up on the final day. That would come as a huge shock. But they've, you know, they've given themselves a chance. So they're certainly my big wins. Do you want to discuss your standout players from these games, though, Jake? Who who was your standout player this week? Yeah, I think I think there's a I think there's a few. Um, if we go go back to the QPR game, uh, I thought Eze was really good again. Um, this becomes so good to watch um, this season. Uh, we've spoken about him so many times. I think today I've seen him linked with Premier League clubs, which isn't a surprise at all. He he was good again. Got a goal. Um, just a constant threat with his movement and dribbling. Um, you can see that he's sort of seeing these last couple of games as an opportunity for him to 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 get that move away up to the Premier League, uh, and I'm sure he will get it, especially with the um, uncertainty about um, money and and finances um, following mm. what, what's been happening this year. So yeah, really good performance from him again. Um, Mitrovic, of course, um, he's had a few bad moments this year, but got a. Got a few goals at the weekend, sort of gone back in front in the, the golden boot race as well, ahead of Ollie Watkins. So, yeah, he, he performed well and just does what Mitrovic does. Um, one from the spot, one from open play. Solid yeah. performance from him, got an assist as well. So, yeah, going into the playoffs in good form. Um, he, he, um, again, he, he's probably going to go on and finish the season as, as the league's top scorer, which many predicted he would. Um, so, yeah, good, good performance from him. Um, 
think if we go back to the um, Stoke game, I think we could pick out any of their defenders. Um, watch that one in Brentford. A lot of the ball, um, but they didn't really create much of note. I think there was one quite good chance for Josh De Silva in the second half. But apart from that, it was pretty comfortable for Stoke. They they yeah. didn't concede many um, big chances. And Danny Baff, um, James Chester, uh, the keeper Davies played very well. See, Davies has come in for. But Jack Butland, who's underperformed a bit this season, they, they all played well. Um, and um, Sam Creekers as well in that game was very good. Um, had the shot that led to the opening goal, uh, which was initially saved by uh, David Ryer. So, yeah, any, any of those for me, you could pick out as your, your pick of the bunch. And I'm sure you could probably touch on a couple of Huddersfield players, which I'll leave to, to you, Louis. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I'll go back to a couple of games, first of all, where you mentioned... Mitrovic scoring and two and, and getting an assist. But in the same game, Niskin's Cabano, he managed to get a brace and he's, he's not scored for ages. Um, and then he, he manages, it's like buses into it and then he gets two in one game. As did, you know, I've got to take my hat off to Nuiu and Murphy who came on at half time. Wednesday were dreadful uh, prior to the break, but Nuiu came on and managed to get two. Uh, Murphy grabbed one and he got two assists as well. Um, another Murphy is twin brother. He managed to get a brace also um, in that game against Middlesbrough, so keeping Cardiff right up there in that 3-1 win. So he was one of my standout players. And then a couple, like in the game that you mentioned also, Jake, um, which is the QPR versus Millwall. Jed Wallace managed to get three assists in that game. We've, we've said that a few times this season where not many players managed to get three assists in a game, but I think that's the third or fourth time it's happened this season now. Um, and then in the same game, Dominic Ball managed to get two assists. So I thought I'd just mention those players. Uh, and then, like you said, Huddersfield, that huge and surprise win against <laughs> against uh, West Brom, um, keeping them, you know, above the relegation zone now. Um, and certainly, yeah, a, f- a few of those players were, were standout performers in that game, um, playing well on the day. Like I say, it came as a huge surprise. Um, and we're going to come on to the topic of um, Danny Cowley being sacked since then, which um, s- seems crazy. But you know, when, and we'll discuss you know a few a few candidates for that job. Um, but yeah, on the day, I just thought West Brom. Th- th- we said a few weeks ago, there's been a couple of you know times this season where I thought. Will West Brom be caught by Brentford and Fulham? And I thought that they'd got enough in the tank. Um, and I really thought that they would have done against Huddersfield as well. But, you know, on the day, as we know, just Huddersfield, Huddersfield were, were as good as West Brom in many ways. They, they made, you know, created four shots on goal, as did West Brom, uh, even though West Brom had 69% of the possession, you know. Um Smith Rowe had a great game, managed to score with his first shot on target and got the goal in that one. And Lewis O'Brien with the assist. Uh, Chris Wilcock obviously scoring the goal also. So, yeah, some uh, some fantastic results from this weekend. Uh, but that does day, take us into the Danny Cowley sacking, Jake. Um, did that come as a surprise to you? And who do you see to take over in that position? Yeah, it was, it was slightly surprising to me. Um, obviously, after that win as well. He's done done pretty much what they brought him in for, and that was to keep others filled up. Um, I think there's still a very very slim chance they, they could still go down, but it does. Yeah, probably not. Um, 
three points ahead of Luton. Um, it would it would take an, an extreme, extremely weird set of results for them to go down on the final day. But um, yeah, I thought thought they've done okay. I think they've got some decent results. Um, mm. Don't think they've quite had the impact that some thought they would have had, um, especially after um, what they'd done at Lincoln. But I think they they they've set a solid foundation to Huddersfield and maybe they would have kicked on. I've, I've read some things from Huddersfield fans suggesting that it might have been um, to do with um, the style of play, which um, from what I've seen of Huddersfield, they've, they've not really been great to watch since the Cowleys came in, but um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. It does seem, does seem to be a strange one. I think from what I've been reading online, it seems like they've already got um, somebody in to, to replace them. They haven't announced it yet, but it seems like the, the Leeds under-23 manager, Carlos Corberan, is going to come in yeah. uh, and take That's over. Yeah, I think I've seen um, that they've also let go of a few more of the backroom staff. I just feel so it looks like he's going to get free reign to, to bring in his own people. And, and maybe it'll be a similar sort of thing to what happened with David Wagner a few seasons ago with Huddersfield. I think that's probably what they're looking for here. Um, I think there's some boardroom changes going on at the club as well. So it seems like the new, new, new structure wants their own manager, which is understandable. Um, I think the Cowleys will probably get another go at this level. I uh, wouldn't be, even be surprised to see them get uh, brought in at another club over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've also got the Birmingham jobs up um, for grabs yep. at the moment. And we've also got the Bristol City job. Not sure if they're quite ready for that one. but I'm sh- And I'm sure as, as, as the weeks progress there'll be a few other managerial post confident championship as there always are when the season finishes so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see them starting next next season in another job I think they've done okay I think they would have learned a lot it hasn't gone as great as they would have hoped it, the football sometimes hasn't been great I think they've learned a lot about this level and how different it is to, to the league one and league two it is a big uh, jump up but they've done them well it's not like they've they've come in and similar to sort of Nathan Jones at Stoke um, where it, where it went terribly uh, for him there. He's obviously come back in with Luton and, and seems to be a better fit for that club as, as we expected when he came back. But I think the Cowleys have done okay. Not been great. Um, bit of a weird decision, but I, I guess the, the club knows what they want to do and the fact they've got somebody else lined up already, it does seem like they've got a plan in place. It's not just a, not just done off the, um, the panic decision, especially after a win against the team in second place. It would be very weird. Yeah. It seems like it's been in the pipeline for a while. So yeah. Um I think they've done okay. Don't think it's the most ridiculous sacking I've ever seen. I, I can understand it slightly, but it's big pressure on the new man coming in now. He has to has to do well, otherwise this will look like a silly decision in in a few months' time. Yeah, you're right. It came as a surprise to me, but at the same time, you know, chairmen do make these decisions around this time of the season, don't they? Um, ahead of next season, which is probably only going to be about five, six weeks away. Um, I just remember, though, you know, you go back to the beginning of the season, Huddersfield were right at the bottom of the table. I think they only managed to get one win in the first eight games or or something like that at the time. Um, I've also seen Cowley linked heavily with the Bristol City job. So maybe, you know, is there something in that we we will certainly see. But like you mentioned, Carlos Cobaran, um, the under-23 boss and first-team coach at Leeds United. He's only 37 years of age, he's Spanish, and he is the odds-on favourite um, by a country mile, actually. 
Um, the next three in line, all at 21 to 1, is David Wagner to return, <laughs> Lee Johnson and Nigel Adkins. So it looks like, and the latest I read was that Corberan had been approached um, at Leeds United as well. So he probably will get that role unless something certainly goes wrong in the next few days. Um, he might even be in charge for the final game on Wednesday, the, the way things are rolling at the minute. But the big question I'm going to ask you now, Jake, is with obviously Leeds United promoted, uh, with one game remaining till the end of the season, who's going to go up with them? Are you thinking West Brom, Brentford or Fulham? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, I think West Brom uh, are probably going to be the ones to go up. I think they got a big reprieve uh, on Saturday when Brentford went to, went to Stoke and didn't take anything from the game. Even a point would have been enough to put Brentford in the, in the driving seat going into the final day. Um, so, yeah, um, I think out of the three, Fulham's probably got the most difficult fixture on um, Wednesday night uh, against Wigan, who, who still need points. Uh, with the uncertainty yep. over the, their points deduction. So I think that's a tough fixture, especially in the form they've been in. Wigan um, have probably been, uh, had the form of a of a top eight team since the turn of the year. So it, it, it's a difficult game on paper, even if they might not even be in the division next year. So that's a tough one for Fulham. I think Brentford against Barnsley. Barnsley are fighting for their lives. They're going to, they play quite good football as well. Uh, and I think Struve is the type of manager that can, get something out of a game like this that's, that's a tricky one um, West Brom at home to QPR you fancy them in that one I think the most important thing for West Brom is they need to get an early goal and that's the thing with this QPR team that the longer they leave it uh, and if Brentford went ahead and went ahead in the live table the longer that, that game goes on if, if West Brom commit more bodies forward we, we think QPR did. they are very poor at the back but they've got the, the pace and the quality on the counter-attack to cause real damage so I think it's crucial yep. for West Brom to get an early goal there and, and take control of that game, take control of the situation. Um, they've not been great since the restart, um, but I think they, they should have a, they should have enough here. I think Billich will, will say, look, we've been let off now. We can't we can't mess this up and let Brentford or Fulham in. So I think it's it's going to be a going to be West Brom going up. It's slightly fortunate to do so, but I think with Brentford, it's similar to what we saw with Fulham a few seasons ago when they went on that long long winning run finally got into a position where they could go into that top two and then they they sort of faltered it seemed to be a mentality thing for Fulham then and it looks like a similar thing for Brentford now um often we've um we've said on this podcast how draws do people no good but if we look at West Brom 16 draws those draws are probably going to be the reason they go up 
So, there we go. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. I've never looked at it that way because we have always said draws uh, cock teams up and uh, they've on- we've only losing seven this se- uh, this term, West Brom. It has put them in the driving seat on the final game of the season. And I'm with you. I think, you know, if you'd have asked me Saturday morning who was going to go up prior to Brentford playing Stoke, I'd have said Brentford all day long. Um, and after that surprise loss at Stoke, I really don't think, you know, West Brom are going to falter given this second chance. They are in the driving seat now and all that they've got to do is beat QPR. You've already said QPR are a very tricky team and I think it might be close, but I think West Brom are going to have enough at home to actually be promoted, which would be unfortunate for Brentford and Fulham, but the league table doesn't lie. You know, the points are there for a reason and yes, I can really see West Brom going up also, but again, it will be quite... A spectacle on the final day that you have got three teams going for that final spot so it's it's going to be very interesting but I'm with you I think even you know Fulham going to Wigan that will be real tricky game for them given the fact that Wigan need as many points on the board as well they 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 need the win ultimately so yes I'm with you I'll, I'll stick with West Brom going up also with Leeds just simply because they've got that extra point and they're in the driving seat at home and I can't see them faltering on this occasion. So I'm going to flip that um, question, Jake, and ask you, who do we expect to be relegated now? And could the EFL charges on Wigan Sheffield Wednesday uh, and potentially Derby, you know, unless they are given a 21-point deduction, but could could all of these um, deductions and EFL hearings, etc., play a huge part in, in the relegation fight in, in the next few weeks? Yeah, it's a difficult one. So many unknowns, as you say. Um, I think we can say Hull are going down. Um, I don't think, don't think there's there's much of a way back for them now, uh, especially with yeah, I agree. Yeah, with, with who they've got on the on the the final day, Cardiff need to to win that really to to confirm their playoff position. Um, so yeah, it's it's difficult. I think Hull are going to go. I think Barnsley as well. They might. They've got the potential to pick up something positive at Brentford, but I think they probably won't. So 46 points then. That Wigan, if they got a 12-point deduction, they'd, they'd be above Barnsley. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's difficult. I think I think Luton might. I think Luton might win on the final day against Blackburn. I, I, I'm pretty mm. sure of that. And I think that Charlton um, away to Leeds. Yeah. Difficult to see them getting anything. So, I think on the final day, it will be Cholton, Barnsley and Hull in those bottom three positions. And then, I think if Wigan, if they get... I think it could be probably be Wigan that goes down with them. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm looking at. I think that yeah. that's the way it's going to go. I think that yeah. Wigan won't beat Fulham. I think it'll be a draw and then they'll go down by a point with Cholton staying up. So yeah. I see this going. I'm with you. I was just going to ask you what the three were on your final day. And, and if I'd have predicted um, the three going down on the final day, let's forget about the points deductions for a second. I would go Hull, Barnsley and Charlton also. I really think that Luton might have enough at home to Blackburn to, to get the win, which would throw it up all in the air again, because obviously, like we say, there's Sheffield Wednesday and, and Wigan, who, who could be down there in, in, a, in a week or two, pending the hearing verdicts um but yes again it's quite a spectacle that on the final day that we have no confirmed team going down i certainly think yeah hull are doomed um and i can't believe that you know 
at the time when Jared Bowen and Grzycki left in January, Hull were 251 to, to one to be uh, relegated at the time. And yeah, now they sit bottom of the league. And, and I know it's not confirmed yet, but yes, they're certainly going to be in League One for me next season. And, and, and I know you agree. Um, so that takes us into thoughts and feelings, Jake. So do you want to pick a side of your choice and discuss for whatever reason you feel you want to discuss? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for um, I think I'm going to go for um, Swansea for this one this week. Um, I think they've still got a slight chance of playoffs. Um, they need Hull to win, or they need um, Stoke to win uh, against Cardiff and Nottingham Forest, respectively. So big ask. They're going to need some sort of surprise. But looking at Swansea away to Reading, I think they've got real potential to go there and get a few goals. Wouldn't be surprised to see Swansea win three or four nil in that game and, and that would give them a, a chance of, of getting that final playoff spot and I think they've been really good since the restart been one of the best teams to watch um, they'll probably be slightly disappointed that they they had to play uh, Leeds and Nottingham Forest uh, in this run um, but that's how it goes sometimes you know you can't pick your fixtures but they, they they've played really well I think Ryan, Ryan Bruce has been exceptional um, since he's come in he looks like a Premier League quality player, similar to Tammy Abraham a few seasons ago at Bristol City. He's come in, yeah. he's got nine goals to his name. Um, really good goals per minute ratio. He just looks really good. Um, and I think looking back at the season, I think Swansea have really seen the benefits of having Steve Cooper in charge. They obviously lost Graham Potter, but um, Cooper has got such good connections uh, around the youth football game, especially at a high level. See that the players that they've, they've managed to get in, they got Conor Gallagher, took him out of a loan at Charlton to bring him to Swansea for his connections with him. They've managed to get Freddie Woodman in goal for the whole season. He's been one of the best keepers in the in the league this year. Ryan Brewster, um, there's been countless others as well. Gwaihi, um, they've had some really good loans come in and I'd expect that to continue into next year. Um, so I think that they're in a really strong position to, to be one of those top six next year, even if they don't manage to to get it on the final day, I think it's unlikely. There's still a slim chance there, and I think they will go into Reading, really trying to pile in the goals. I think that would be quite an entertaining one to watch, especially if uh, Stoke or Holt go ahead in their matches. It would be, be great to see how how close that one does go. But yeah, they've been really impressive for me. I think they've got a base of a good team. Um, they've got um, they've also got Cooper, who, who over the season, I think he's learned a lot about senior management. His tactics seem to be getting better throughout the season. He seems a little bit more adaptable. Um, still sticking true to his playing style, which I think is important uh, at Swansea. Mm. Uh, as a club, they're quite tied to having an ethos and they definitely have that with him. But he seems to be better at managing games now. Uh, some of that I've, I've really picked up on, especially since the restart. And, and obviously those connections at, at high levels might become priceless over the coming weeks um, because they, they probably won't have a great deal to spend, but they've got if they can manage to get a few more loans of the quality of Brewster and Woodman uh, and Gallagher again next season, I'm sure that they, they will get that and, and they would have seen the development of these players this season at Swansea, seen the amount of football they're getting. And Swansea are looking like one of the best teams to hoover up that really exciting young talent from the Premier League. So I think they're in a really strong position. I think we feared for them a little bit when Graham Potter left and, and some of the players left the club. Uh, McBurney last summer being one of them, but they've they've kicked on. They've they've re they sort of reset under Cooper. They've they've they're not going to spend big money. They're not going to commit big wages, but they're going to going to become a team that 
that promotes young talent and, and says to the big clubs, look, we'll, we'll give your best young players playing time in the Championship, we'll play attractive football um, under a manager that trusts them and knows them. And, and, and I think that's a really important selling point for a club in the Championship, especially with what's going on with finances and Brexit and you know, the coronavirus is crucial that you have those links to, to the Premier League and they have yeah. that. So, yes, yeah, exciting times for Swansea. I think there'll be one I'm watching out for on Wednesday to see if they can somehow gate crash the playoffs. Unlikely, as I say, but there's still a chance. And I think that, that they're going to really go for it. Um, and if they don't get in, I think next year, they're going to be one of the favourites to get in that top six. Yeah, Steve Cooper's surprised me, actually. I remember at the beginning of the season, they started off with a bang, didn't they? Can you remember they were probably first until after about... Um, after about 12 games of the season. And like you say, he's got that links, particularly with youth players after, you know, being the England under 17 manager. So, uh, yeah, I predicted them to finish just below halfway this season. So if they do finish seventh, which looks likely, um, then yes, you know, in my eyes, they've overachieved, but they've they've certainly brought and produced some great players along the way this season. Um, And I expect that also next season, I'm sure their aim would be the top, the top six come next term. So, yes, uh, that takes me on to my thoughts and feelings. I'm going to discuss Barnsley. And the reason I'm going to pick them is that, although I still think that they're going to be relegated, this might be the last time we touch on them. I really think that Struber, again, uh, is one of the managers that's unfortunate. A bit like Paul Warren with Rotherham this, the season prior, where we've watched them and thought, at times, they can play some really good football, particularly at home. Um, and I think with Barnsley, even though they will fall short, that again, that they've, they've given it a, a really good go, particularly since the restart. I remember you saying, Jake, at the restart, I think there were seven points adrift from 21st. And you said that Barnsley will may or thereabouts stay up. And at the time, I was a little bit surprised by your prediction. And, and they still got to the last game. I know there's two points shy at the moment. And they, they've got the potential that they can do it, even though I know I'm going to come on to the predictions and I'm going to predict a Brentford win. Um, so they probably will be relegated. But I really think, you know, that the likes to Corley Wood, Woodrow, he's got 14 goals this season. You know, teams are going to be watching him and crying out for him. He's going to be linked with a move away from the club, I'm pretty sure. Connor Chaplin, we know, can score goals in this division. He's managed to bag 11. And then Mowat and Brown, between them, have managed 17 assists. Um, so they've certainly got a players who you know can produce on the day. And, and I know, like I keep saying, that away from home is, again, where they've been let down. They've got the worst in the division, only picking up 16 points, four wins, uh, only four wins on the road. Um, but their home form, actually, they've won seven, lost seven, scored 29 goals, uh, picked up 30 points. They've not been a bad side at all. I just think, again, they will fall short and they will be in League One next season. But there'll be another team, a bit like Rotherham, who are coming straight back up, um, even though it was strange circumstances. But Barnsley, again, I can see them in this division again in, in, in two years' time. So um, we will see and await the results on Wednesday and the teams that are confirmed. Um, to go down uh, but that takes us into previews and predictions Jake so all Wednesday 7.30 kickoffs let's start with Brentford versus Barnsley actually what's your prediction for this? Yeah I think this is going to be quite a good watch I think both teams will be really be going for it um, they play quite an, a, an open style both of them um, 
And I think it's going to be quite a really interesting watch, especially as that live table gets brought into play. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go for the Brentford win. I think it's a safe choice. I can't see them, uh, especially as they're chasing now. They, they seem to do mm. so well in that role. They seem to love that. So they'll go for the, the Brentford win. But I think there'll be a couple of scares along the way. I think it's going to be 2-1. And, and I can see Barnsley maybe going ahead or, or getting back level um, at some point. I think they will give it a real go. So yeah, I'll go 2-1. I'm going to go 3-1. I'm with you, though. I think, you know, Brentford, we know, can turn it on. They've obviously got the better quality um, in the 11, starting eleven against, even though it's uh, against Barnsley. We're going to be fighting for the lives also and, and need the win. But, yeah, I think quality will prevail in that one. And I'd expect Brentford to be on the tails of West Brom come, you know, quarter past nine on that evening. So I'm going to go 3-1 Brentford, though. Uh, Cardiff versus Hull, what's your prediction for this? Yeah, I can't see Hull getting another point in this uh, division. They've been absolutely terrible. We haven't mentioned the 8-0 loss to Wigan. But no, I, not yet. No. <laughs> I think it's slightly unfortunate with some of the goals that went in, but just the, the lack of effort that, that was put in at times. They, they've looked they've looked a relegation candidate in League One since they've sold Bowen and Grzycki. Um, They've really not looked very good at all. Yeah, Cardiff have been pretty solid since the restart picked up. A lot of good results. Um, we tipped them for the playoffs back on our first show before the restart. So I don't mm-hmm. think we're surprised to see them in that sixth position. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go for the Cardiff win. Um, I think they're going to be ones to watch during the playoffs because they're solid defensively uh, and got that experience of winning promotion before. And I think they're going to be a real threat. And they're the type of team that can they can go up against a Fulham or a Brentford and and control it and manage the game well and get what they need to get. So, yeah, I think they're going to be a real threat in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to go for Cardiff to win this one. What's your 2-0? OK, because I'm I'm going to put it out there and say Cardiff are going to win 5-0, actually. I think Hull, like you said already, Hull know the down. I know it's based on goal difference, but they are down. There's there's no two ways about it. Um, and pretty much with, with Cardiff... Just they only need a point, but I think you know with with the quality that they've got, they could really turn it on. And especially like you've just mentioned, Hull did lose eight nil um, a week or so ago. I think this could be five nil to Cardiff. I'll go with that prediction. Uh, next one, Luton versus Blackburn. Uh, what's your prediction for that one? Yeah, I think this one's going to be a, a really interesting watch. Blackburn, we know they've got the talent to cause any team problems. They've obviously scored four at the weekend. Um, but they did concede three as well. And they definitely seem like a team that are having a bit of fun now, not taking themselves too seriously. I think they'll probably get a, I think they'll probably get a goal um, on Wednesday. But I think that um, Bluton will have, have enough to win. They've been really good under Nathan Jones. And I think they'll see this opportunity, um, even if they'll probably be in a good position to staff regardless. I think they'll know that they need to, to make sure of that. And I think they will. So I think they'll win this. I'll say 2-1 Luton. Yeah, same as me. I've got 2-1 Luton also. I think that Luton, a bit like Barnsley, they can play well at home and upset teams. They've won seven at home this season and managed to score 30 goals as well. So I'm with you in that 2-1 win. And then it just depends on the remaining teams down there to see how see whether they go down or not. Um, but then the next game, let's go to the top. West Brom versus QPR. Obviously, West Brom need to win. So what's your prediction for that? Yeah, this one's, this one's the one that I'll probably be focusing on mainly on a Wednesday night. I think that whatever happens here probably shapes what, what becomes important elsewhere. Um, QPR surprised me beating Millwall um, at the weekend. I thought that they were 
properly on the beach, similar to Blackburn. Uh, they did concede three times. QPR, I think they've got the third worst defence in the league, but we know how good they are going forward. And as I said earlier, I think your first goal is crucial in this one. I think West Brom need to make sure that they get the first goal early because the longer it goes on at nil-nil, the more they commit forward. QPR just become an even bigger threat. So, um, yeah, I'm fit, I'll go for the West Brom win. I think I'll go... I'll go 2-0 West Brom. I think they will get that early goal and control it. But if they don't, this could easily be a, a 3-2 QPR. It, it could go any way. The QPR is so unpredictable. Uh, I yeah. think if you ask me at half-time what the result would be, I think I'd be able to give a much more informed uh, prediction. I'm sure that you can say that for any game. But especially in this one, I think that first half is crucial. If West Brom go in 1-0, 2-0, uh, you know, they've got a real, they, they, they'll probably go on and win. But if, it, if they go in at 0-0, the longer this goes on at nil nil, the more QPR come into this game. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go for the the two nil West Brom win, but really wouldn't be surprised to see us go another way. Yeah, you mentioned the key word there, unpredictable. QPR have been all season. They can beat anyone on the day, but lose quite as easily. Uh, West Brom also, though, they've been unpredictable a little bit since the restart. They've not won in three games, but I think at home and what's at stake, I'm going to go West Brom as well. But just like you said, they need that first goal. I'm going to go 2-1. Uh, then that takes us into the final uh, game based on the promotion fight, which is Wigan versus Fulham. Uh, well, a relegation fight for Wigan even, but versus Fulham. So what's your prediction for this? Yes, yeah, we're talking about a relegation fight um, with a team in the position Wigan are in um, mm. and how good they've been. It seems like they really shouldn't be in that conversation, but they are um, for and that is not of the manager's or players' fault. Um, but they've been so good recently. And I think with um, Scott Parker still a few doubts about his uh, capability of winning the big matches. And this is a big match for him. Um, because as, as much as you expect West Brom and, and Brentford to win, they easily could not. Like, it, if, if we did end the final day with Fulham going up, I'd be surprised. But it's not the most ridiculous um, prediction to have. I think that, they, you know, West Brom, we talked about how dangerous QPR have been. We know Barnsley will be given their all and, and the ability they've got to win big matches. Um, the, uh, as, as Fulham will know, because they, of course, did the double over Fulham in the league this season. So, mm. um, yeah, I think, it's, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to tip the, I think I'm going to tip a one all. Can't call this one, really. Um, and I, yeah, I think I'll go one all, but I think I'd lean towards Wigan more than I'd lean towards Fulham. Yeah, I can't call this one even. I've done exactly the same as you. I've written down 1-1, one, one, uh, just simply because, as you said, Wigan were talking about them in a relegation fight, but sit 13 from being one of the form teams in the division this last four games. Um, and as we know, they scored eight goals against Hull not long ago. So, yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Um, the points are probably more vital for Wigan than Fulham, which seems strange to say. But if Wigan managed to get even a draw or the win, that might just be enough, you know, to keep them um, above that relegation zone, even if the 12 points were deducted. Um, so, yeah, for the same reasons as you, I'm, I'm going to predict a draw in that one. Uh, but unfortunately, that's that for this episode. Uh, so if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, Jake, uh, now would be a good time to do that. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two ends. Um, I'll post anything I do there. You can get the Premier League show uh, at EPL Roundtable on Twitter. There was an episode that came out yesterday, so give that one a listen. Um, and yeah, just cheers for listening. 
Yeah, and I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter, but please remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, as we know, the season won't be finished after Wednesday um, because there'll be the playoffs, so I'm sure that there'll be another episode to preview and predict and, and discuss those games, if not the final. Uh, but yeah, we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.